Last week you were four years old. And you have to grow up this week. Oh. But you don't have to grow up that much. This week, we're going to be talking about one very, very important area in our church. Uh, one that is, is, it builds upon the preschool. Everything that we do, as you look at what we implement in our church, everything that we do builds on top of each other. So our babies uh, are, are taught, and that rolls right into Kids Rock. Now Kids Rock involves first graders through fifth graders. And I know, some of you already are thinking, not my cup of tea. <laughs> you know, you know they're, not, they're not babies, but, you know... <laughs> we have any school teachers in here? People that used to teach? Or, first, first, it, it, I think that you would, you would agree with me. First through fifth grade is a very, very interesting, and they do so level, but they do so much growing up between first and fifth grade, don't they? Just extravagant amounts of learning go on in a young person. But our space explorer explained today that we should all lend a helping hand. Now this, is, this is cool because it goes right in with what happened yesterday. Some of you, if you're on social media and you have Connection as a friend, Connection shared a Mission Impossible thing yesterday. Uh, it was, shh, we just told you where to meet. I, I felt a little bit like James Bond yesterday. I'm like, alright. I, and I knew what we were doing. But I'm still like, oh, it's still a secret. <laughs> so we show up at the primary center at 10 o'clock yesterday morning. And Ken does a really good job. And, and I, I want to say thank you. We had a lot of people show up yesterday. Um, we could have done it with less people, but I'm so glad that we didn't have to. I'm so, I'm so thankful for all the people and the children of the parents and the parents that brought the kids. And listen, it's a, it's a Saturday morning. It's not a convenient time. But we talked about lending a hand yesterday, Connection, Spent some of its money. And we bought butterball turkeys. And each group was assigned to get a turkey. And for the and for the for the for a little bit extra, we got potatoes, stuffing, a can of pumpkin pie filling, and a can of cranberry sauce. They literally, other than a ninety-nine cent frozen crust, had an entire Thanksgiving meal. Do you know that I tried to give it away four times before somebody took it? Now, we were, we were out there lending a hand. I didn't have very many people. In fact, I don't think I myself had anybody that turned down a free turkey. First guy that I gave to, his name is Terry. I want you to be praying for Terry. I don't know that anybody knows Terry. I didn't get Terry's last name. His last name wasn't important yesterday. As we were lending a hand from our church, Terry comes out of the business where I was at. And I said, hey man, you, you ever have one of those people that go by you and God says, them. Right there. Now sometimes we get so stereotypical in our thinking we say, oh, I don't know about that. They probably aren't in the same social status as I am. Now we, we can laugh about that, but sometimes we have those barriers. And I said, you know what? I said, this guy, God has put this guy in my life right now. And I walked over and I said, hey Terry, how you doing? And he had taken off and he was walking home. He, he wasn't walking towards the parking lot. He was walking home. And I said, I don't mean to burden, but can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, our church is showing people today how much God loves them. He stops in His tracks. 
He said, yeah. He said, what are you guys doing today? I said, Terry, do you have plans for Thanksgiving? No. Now, of his mouth. Okay, I'm, I'm holding two butterball turkeys. <laughs> Out of his mouth. Listen, I want, you to, I want you to understand. I want you to understand how important serving is. We're going to get in with Kids Rock today. I said, Terry, what do you have plans for Thanksgiving? He said, I don't have any plans. He goes, I usually get a, a microwave pizza or a microwave meal and I hang out with my family. And he, he goes, I've been out of work for over two years and we don't have a lot of money. I said, do you have an oven? He said, yeah, we have an oven. We just don't usually get to use it a lot. This is in Mount Vernon. This isn't in Ethiopia. This is here. And I said, Terry, I'd like to give you a turkey. Out of his mouth. Listen to this. Out of his mouth. I didn't know that people like you and your church still existed. The world, he said, the world has been really hard on me. Now we teach our adults and some of our parents taught their kids yesterday about serving. We're going to get into Kids Rock. Because we're doing these different areas in our church, Connection in January is going to two services. You can serve in one and sit in one. You can sit in one, then serve in one. You pick. But we can't do it without your help. I know, you say, Matt, it's not just going to get up there and keep preaching about this for the next eight weeks until Christmas. I just want to hear Luke 2. I want to hear Oh Holy Night. You're one of those weird people that you've already turned on your Christmas Pandora station. <laughs> I'm down with it, but like Trans-Siberian Orchestra. How about that? Yeah, like Trans-Siberian Orchestra? If you ever get a chance to go see them live, go see them. We are going to do Reload, Relaunch for the next couple weeks, several weeks. I'm not going to lie to you, several weeks. We're going to talk about areas that you can plug into. Why do we have our children's and our first through fifth graders, the number one and number two Sundays? They need the most help. They do. They need the, more, they need the most workers. But I want to give you a challenge this morning. As you listen to, we're going to be in Daniel. In the Old Testament, right by Ezekiel, if you don't know where those weird names are, look in the front of your Bible at the table of contents. Look at Daniel. You get a page number, just turn to it. Um, it's going to be on the it's going to be on the screen here in a second. But we're going to talk about serving and the things that that we are teaching our children in Kids Rock. And I am beyond excited, not because I have a child in Kids Rock. But because my child that I have in Kids Rock comes home and she is, she is saying and telling these truths that God has given us in the Bible that our teachers are teaching them. And that's vital and important. We asked last week, I asked the question, and, and there's a lot to do with this. If you taught a preschooler at age 4 the truth of God, do you think it would affect their life at age 14? And I ask you this question. After the age of 18... <laughs> 80%, 80, 80%, depending on which, which, which one you look at percentage-wise, 80% of kids that were raised in church when they get to the age of 18, 80% will leave and they will never darken the doors of a church the rest of their life. That is, that is a problem. So what can we, how can we combat this issue? I think Kids Rock and our baby program is doing a great job. If you've been a part of our dunk parties, just take a look at the percentage of kids 
that we're seeing, that have been taught about God, that understand a relationship with God, and they're impacting their lives. We have some of you that are involved because your kids got involved in Kids Rock. And your kids said, hey, I had a good time. I want to go back. So you go back and you got hooked. I'm just kidding. You're here, you're, you're, you're enjoying what God is doing. So I'm asking you to pray about that. I'm asking you to be... You know, we are really good at this. I have to catch myself at this. I'll be in line with you. Somebody comes to me and say, hey, we need you to pray for me. Or would you pray for me? Yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. Here's the deal. If you tell somebody that you're going to pray for them, I don't know, do it. And it's really hard. Because you say, hey, you know, I'll be, I'll be praying for you. Are you? Uh, this is hard. I want you to pray specifically. If you have a mate, I want you to pray with your mate. Maybe it's something that you can teach with your husband, with your wife, alternate Sunday, whatever you want to do. But I want you to ask God, how can I serve? Some of you are already serving. Okay, that's great. What can I do? We talked about last week that everything builds on everything. I had a, I had a preschool teacher. It's the same for Kids Rock, okay? I had a preschool teacher contact me this, this past week. And they said this, and this is, this is preschool, and this is Kids Rock, okay? These teachers. I had a preschool teacher say, I've never understood. I don't think anybody's ever preached about the importance of what my job is. Listen, a teacher in Kids Rock and a teacher in our, in our babies can affect the lives of people. And they wrote this email and they said, I'm so excited. And it, she, she said, I've been a teacher for almost the entire existence of connection, and I want to do better. Listen. It wasn't the words that I said. God was able to speak to her through this. So, we're asking. Connection's asking you. Now, some of you with the wrong mindset go, well, he's just going to keep on this until we all volunteer, so we might as well volunteer now. If that's the case, okay. December 6th, other than today, December 6th, if you want to say, I don't know about Kids Rock. December 6th, write this down. It's going to be... Um, it's going to be in your, uh, in your, on your screens in a little bit. But December 6th, it's also in your worship handout, the very bottom of it. December 6th, you can go back to Kids Rock. And you can check it out. See what they do. Look at the videos. Watch the worship songs. If you like this worship, guess what? It's not that much different back there. Those kids jam out. It's awesome. Volume up. Okay? Rock out. So we're like, mm-hmm. Each, each week... At Kids Rock, we have between 10 and 15 kids. Each team of people that we're needing, we're looking at. We have a greeter, we have a lead teacher. So you just don't have to... You can, now, a really good helper, and if you've ever tried to put something together, is you go to Julie and said, Julie, wherever you need me. Isn't that the best? Anybody that's ever put together a committee or something, or, or, or been a leader and somebody comes up to you and said, I'll do whatever you need. Give me 25,000 of those people. Don't, what can I do? How can I serve? So we have greeters. We have lead teacher. We have two assistants. The music, I told you, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You should have heard this front row when the first video was going on. Okay, I've heard that was a favorite song. Now these girls probably have heard that song quite a bit. But they were jamming out to that song. Listen, do you want your kids going back to Kids Rock in 1st through 5th grade on Sundays for 52 weeks a year? Say you take vacation for 4. 48? 35? If you're here 30? During those 30 Sundays that you go back to Kids Rock, do you want them to sing a song or hear about, God, I want to know you better? Shouldn't we do that? 
Shouldn't me as a 35-year-old put some version of that song in my truck? Hey, I want to know you better. God, I want to know you better than I did yesterday. Some of the same songs that they often do in kids' rock are the same ones we do here. Now, they don't do any, they don't do any guitars. However, hint, hint, maybe you could talk to Julie about that. I asked Julie, I said, give me, give me two things about Kids Rock that you, want, that, you want people to, that you want people to know. Listen to this. We have the best kids. That should make you smile. You know why? Your kids. <laughs> They're the best kids. It made me happy. I thought, wow. All right. And we have the best workers. No, we're not, we're not talking about... Look at me. Julie's pushing this issue of, of teaching these children's these children. Each month they have a life app. Oh, you got a phone? <laughs> they have a life app. This week is uh, this month is service. They're talking about lending a hand to someone. I thought that this is just God. Julie sent me an email on the very bottom of it. It said, "This is just a God thing." I often come into worship and we're learning about the same things that we are in Kids Rock. Do you copy the material? No, that's God. It's a God thing. He works together. Everything builds on each other. Next next month, they're going to talk about compassion, and they use some some material called Rethink or Orange. Now, this is really cool because this is something that I want, I want you to know. If you have children and kids, how many people have kids and children's kids rock right now? Kids, grandkids, relations, somebody you brought, somebody you found on the street and you brought in? Okay, good. Now, listen to this. I want, you to, show, I want to show you this. Listen, orange, you mix, what two colors to get orange? Red and yellow. Red is the home and yellow is the church. This is on purpose. You mix the two together. You implement both of them in, each other, in these children's lives. You get orange. When you're impacted by God in the church and in your home, you're going to learn. Yeah. At Kids Rock, they send home parent cues so that family can talk about this life app, the service, the compassion. I had a seven-year-old and a four-year-old and two three-year-olds with me yesterday with the adults. You know, we were giving away turkeys. They found where they parked the carts and they were just swinging on something. That's what they were doing. But as I went home, I asked him and Lydia, I said, Hey, what did you see today? I'm going to tell you. Our children pick up far more than you ever think that they do. I said, What do you think, what do you think about today? What do you, what do you think today? Lydia, four years old. We helped a lot of people today, didn't we? Giving away them birds. <laughs> Now you have to understand, Lydia. Giving away them birds, Dad. And I told Emma, and I told my girls about the story about Terry not being able to afford one and out of Emma's mouth. And she's in Kids Rock. And she says, that's sad that people can't afford that. I'm glad that we were able to do that. You know what? I want to say thank you. You know why? Because I'm thankful to go to a church that that's important. I'm thankful to go to a church that supports Kids Rock and say service is important. It is a big deal. What you teach a child at that age will affect their, the rest of their life. The red and yellow combined to make the orange. If you have your or just you can just look on the screen. We're going to be at Daniel in just a second. But check this out. Look at the first screen. Anybody been, did anybody graduate kindergarten? 
<laughs> After the sixth time. Okay. Okay, look at this. Luke 631. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. I should say them. Them to do to you. What do we call this? The what? The golden rule. Right. You've read the book, Everything I Need to Learn in Life I Learned in Kindergarten? Or however, exactly what title that is. Do to others as you like them to do to you. Now, we're going to look at some guys that had a big problem with this. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. We learn this at an early age, don't we? You, all of you, all, most of you knew that this is called the golden rule, didn't you? A lot of, maybe, maybe you didn't even know it was in the Bible. Some things that we think are in the Bible are really not. I highly suggest looking them up. Okay? Do to others as you would like them to do to you. But I have a question. You, we've, we've, I've probably heard this since the age of three, four, or five, just like you. We're no different. However, here's the deal. Do we do this at age 35, 25, 40, 83, 76, whatever you are? Do we do this? See, this is really hard. This is when the world comes in, it affects our, our mind, and if it affects our mind, it affects the way that we act towards others, and this is really hard. If we get in an argument or a disagreement, do we treat others like we would like to be treated? Now think about this. You say, no, I just want to be right. <laughs> yeah. If we, pick up that, if we pick it up, if we pick that pride up and we hold on to it, all we want to do is be right. You know as well as I do, you heard a very influential person say, would you rather be right or have a relationship? And there's things, there's things to be right about. God being one of them. We have to be right. But do, you, do to others as you would like them to do to you. If someone does something against us, do we seek to be right or have a relationship? Kids Rock deals with this. It's just on a, little, it's just on a kid level. They teach how to, how to serve, how to, how, to, how to treat others. So look at your worship hand out with me. This is coming directly off of their material. Look at this. I should treat others. I should say others. I should treat others the way I want them to be treated. Now, I have a question. And some of you are going to think, this is extremely elementary. I don't need to possibly know this. I can't plug this into my life. I really want you to pay attention. Please do not push mute on me. Listen to this. You go to work tomorrow, if you have to work tomorrow, or if you have tomorrow off, the next day that you go to work, if you work... You answer in your head right now how differently your whole entire workplace would be if every single person, including your boss, your co-workers, and even that person you don't like, did this. You tell me, you tell me this. I bet you it would be a place where if there was a job opening, you would get absolutely flooded with resumes. Would it not? I want to work here. I want to work here. You've talked to that, that, that we, we think that there are special people that really enjoy their jobs and they really enjoy serving. And when you talk to them, you say, Are you having a good day? You know what they're always answer, their answer always is, I love my job. And the only thing in your mind, you're stuck with this, this way of thinking. And when they say, I love my job, you say, Get away from me, I want to puke. <laughs> There's no way that you are having that much fun at work. Now, listen, if we treated others, does it clear our head? Are we easier? Are we easy, Are we more able to serve and do what God wants us to do? You ever got a phone call, a letter, a text message, an instant message, a tweet, something at the exact right time, and it was nothing but just to say, "Hey, I love you. Hey, I encourage you. Hey, I, I, you're doing a good job." You ever got that? I find this. 
when I'm in need of encouragement, God wants me to encourage. Yesterday, there were people... Listen, we don't have, we don't have a Merry Christmas always attitude even in our church, do we? You have real lives, so do I. And, and there were some people yesterday at the Thanksgiving giveaway, the turkey giveaway, and you know what they said? I needed to do something like this. It puts me in the right frame of mind. Hello. If we serve, if we treat others... Now, listen. Some of you are going to get caught up on the rules here and say, well, I gave away a turkey. I'm just going to be waiting on mine. <laughs> Technically, you didn't give it. You didn't buy it. <laughs> but we get hung up on that. We say, hey... I want to do this, I'm going to give this, and I want this in return. doesn't work like that. God says, I want you to serve. We should treat others as we want them to be treated. I have a question. Just one question. Do you want your kids to learn this? Do you? Or, or do we want to say, no, you get even with that person. You do this. My dad was never one... I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter if your parents were, okay? We're not going to talk about that. But my dad was this kind of dad. Some of you are going to say, your dad was too hard. Your dad was so rough. I came home one time in junior high, and I was not getting to play on the basketball team. I was not getting to play in the games, and I was highly upset. Think. I was highly upset. Now, looking back, I understand why. Would you like to know why I wasn't playing in junior high basketball? Because I was a circle. I wasn't tall. I was chubby. I was round. I have no problem with this. God had not went yet. He didn't push me together to shoot me up. Now listen. Listen, we had guys on our team that grew earlier than I did. I was like 5'7 as a junior in high school. I'm not 5'7 anymore. Thank you God. I thank you for this every day. I'm still a littlest in my family on both sides with the guys. But I just... I'm quicker than them, so I get away. <laughs> but, but I went home, and I, and I went to my dad, and I said, Dad, we've got to talk right now. I said, you know as well as I do, that I'm not the tallest, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the... I listed all the excuses, okay? I'm not this, but... I'm better than so-and-so, and he's playing on the team. And you've seen the way that I shoot in our backyard? Dad goes, it's your backyard. That's why they call it home court advantage. <laughs> because you can be anybody and their brother on that court, because you're used to it. So he said this. I said, well, I want to play. <laughs> My dad goes, so? Now some of you are going to think, oh, what a dad. What a horrible dad. Now watch, I'm going to show you what he taught me. That we're going to treat others as we wanted to be treated. Now watch this. I was 14 years old. It was 8th grade. Didn't, still, still did not get to play. I said, I'm had, I've had this. I go home and have the same conversation with my dad. It'll be, it'll be okay. They'll handle that. That's why they do a good job. I came home and I said, Hey, listen. I'm still not playing. I don't know that you know this. But I wanted to make sure that you did know this, that I'm not playing on the team. I'm expecting some compassion from my dad. He's my dad. You know what he said? So? So what? So what? I want to know what you want to say. So what? He says this. He said, I want you to go in and talk to your coach. I said, I'm 14 years old. My coach is 55. I thought that was ancient. Not so ancient anymore. I said, listen, I can't talk to this guy. I can't talk to this guy. He's so intimidating. 
Listen, I still had, I had a conversation with Jack this week when we met about, uh, about old school PE. You know, hey, I, had, I had this dude. He had, he had the shorts that somehow were legal to wear here. I don't know. Don't laugh. All, some of you have pictures wearing them. Don't laugh. Buzz cut, tucked in shirt. Now I taught PE in Adidas, Adidas shorts, tennis shoes, and a, and a t-shirt. I didn't have to collar tucked in shorts. Like, really? And he was intimidating me. He wore black rimmed glasses. And I walked into him, to his office, and I said, Mr. Nelson, I need to talk to you. He said, what, do, what would you like to say? Wow, it's interesting. He didn't eat me. I said, I said, I would like to know why I'm not playing or what can I work on to get some playing time. Now, just like we should be in this world, he was very honest with me. He said, Matt, right now, he said, you shoot the ball very, very well. But these guys are faster than you. We got a couple of kids. I had a couple of kids in eighth grade. They were six two and six three. And they're taller than you. They cannot rebound you. And then he said this. He said, "But they can't touch you on the baseball field." Now he gave me my answer. That it, I, I stopped playing basketball after that year. It just wasn't my thing. But my dad taught me. He said, "Listen, if you want to grow up and have people come to you and you have adult conversations with them, I want you to learn this." At fourteen. Not easy. That's still one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But what did it teach me? I should treat others the way I wanted to be treated. I'm glad that my seven-year-old and your kids, your children are learning this. But if you have your Bibles and you have them open to Daniel, we're going to really go and touch on this. Look at this. Daniel 6.1 Some of you are going, wow, it's been a long time since I've listened to Daniel and the lion's den. Some of you would say, I have no idea who Daniel is and what are these lions. That's okay. Good. Listen. He starts off in verse 1. It says, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. Not difficult, okay? Huge kingdom. He divided it up. Now he has to have 120 people watch over him. It's very good to have. He wasn't micromanaging. A lot of them did. He was just trying to put some people in charge. Look at verse 2. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high offices, the officers and protect the king's interest. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Now, if you're talking about the corporate ladder of success, Daniel's just jumping up the ladder. He starts on the bottom, he takes two or three rungs up. Over the entire empire is a big deal. Over 120... Think about this. The whatever company you work for, or whoever you work for, think of you excuse me, being in charge of all of the ones that they own. Think about that. What if, what if some of you that work at Continental Tire were now in charge of everything globally? Some of you are like, I do not want that job. It's, so, it's a huge, it's a big deal, but they do, not, they do not look for people that are not capable to do it. Our Kids Rock is teaching our kids to be those people that churches and businesses and people they're going to have relationships with said, I want to be one of those people. I want one of those people to work for me. That's what Daniel was. Daniel does his job and he's rewarded. Listen, we think, oh, I gotta go to work. Gotta go to work. 
what if I get to go to work? I know some of you right now, you don't know where I work, you don't know the people I work with. I don't care. Listen, well, you have a job. You have a job. It can't be worse than this during the Great Depression. My grandfather emptied outhouses for 25 cents a day. You got it pretty good. Anybody emptying in outhouses? Nobody works in the sewer? Okay, that's good. Alright, so... Daniel does his job and his reward. Look at verse 4. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Daniel was the teacher's pet. But he just did his job well. He was sought after. Now, watch this. When somebody does this, Look at these other, these other guys. i got to find something wrong with this dude. We don't want him to get there. Daniel's doing such a good job, he is showing us up. We often heard from the custodians at the primary center. I really like it when you guys have church on Sunday. Why? The bathrooms are sparkling clean. That was K through 3, primary bathrooms, especially the boys. You get what I'm saying. So... <laughs> But they, they wanted to find a fault in Daniel because he's, he's too good. He can't possibly be this good. Look at verse 5. So they concluded, our chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in the connection with the rules of his religion. Now remember this. This will come into play later. We have to treat others like we want to be treated. Okay? Some people go through life and, and they think that it's their God-given ability to just point fingers. I like the way that I do this better than you. I like it the way that I do this. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Maybe they aren't happy in life. You know, sometimes people may act a certain way and we don't really know on the inside what they're going through. Do they have anybody in their family that's suffering from health issues? Do they have any problems with their children? Do they have any problems with their mate? Do they have any problems with their finances? And we think just on the outside of what we see, this person is just impossible to get along with. Maybe they had a bad day. You ever had a bad day? Did it affect how you did things? Having a good day, walking through your house, you may whistle. Having a bad day, walking through your house, you may slam every door that you open and shut. I'm not not, not lying. This is true, right? Your attitude affects everything. If we could invest, investigate all these people's life choices, maybe we could find out what's making them tick. How, why aren't they? Not that it's any of our business, but maybe, you know what, we just need to kind of back off. If we've been, hey, 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 and they're, they're negative, 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 look, treat others as you want to be treated. This is going to be really, really hard. If you want grace, show it. If you want respect, give it. That's very hard in this day and age. We have some people that are growing up, these generations, and I'm not saying they're anybody here, and I'm not saying it's not anybody here. But the term entitlement is becoming rampant. I, I, I deserve this. <laughs> like my dad. So? <laughs> what are you going to do to get it? Look at verse 6. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. 
If anybody comes up to you and says, long live your name, they're buttering you up, be careful. You have no idea what they're going to say. They're laying it on thick. Oh, great king. It's like one of those animated Robin Hood movies when he talks to the king. Oh, king. Oh, you're the man. You're awesome. They have like tubs of country crock. They're just spreading it all over them. <laughs> Look at verse 7. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that be strictly enforced. Why? Because they had an agenda. They did not want to... Listen, we're going to find out how this works. Treating others the way that you want to be treated often pays off well. As in giving respect and you get respect, okay? Things like that. So they make it they make it to where it has to be strictly enforced. Now this is after they said, Oh great king, the best king ever. You're the man. All this stuff. Maybe they got him a cookie cake with his name, I don't know. But but he, he's he's buttered up and he says, Give orders that for the next thirty days any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you watch this more butter, your majesty. If they don't do this, it will be thrown into a den of lions. Now, if you want to talk about something being awful to have happen to you, it is to be thrown into... Have you ever been to the zoo and seen how big lions are? I've killed two bears. I, I, I'm, I would be way cooler hanging out with bears than lions. Okay, They're huge cats that are huge. Okay, They have huge claws. They have great big... But the problem with this, this den, you know what the problem is? They're hungry. Have you ever seen... This is why it scares me. Have you ever seen the National Geographic Channel and lions hunting things? It's not good. It's not good. Nature's, nature is just so, is so cruel. So he says, Now, Your Majesty... The butter's dripping off of Darius' arms now. He says, If anybody goes against you, we want you to show your power. Enforce your power. And if they don't, we throw them into the den of lions. Oh, man. And now, verse 8, Your Majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. Often when people have an agenda, they have special rules that they have to go by, don't they? Uh, we've got to make sure this guy... They probably had a meeting before the buttering meeting. Okay? We have to have a meeting. This is what we need. An agenda. So it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. The men had an agenda. Be careful with this. I do not mean this personally. I do not, I do not study at home and I do not get words from God and God does not say, I need you to say this to talk to them. I do not do that, okay? Listen to this. This, is, this can be very sharp if you hear this wrong. This is said in love. You ready? God doesn't need your agenda. You, you, we think if you want to hear God laugh, I've told you this. If you want to hear God laugh, just tell Him your plans. Does God need you to accomplish things? Listen, He asks for you to be involved. He wants you to. He doesn't want you to miss out on serving in Kids Rock. If you're, if you're calibrated to that, that, that age group, listen, they have a blast. My girls love going. Emma loves to go back there. Some of you used to come with your kids and you had a problem with them going back to child care. Now, whoo! Okay, see you, bye! And then you're going through the complex of, oh, well, see ya. <laughs> I remember other kids, not my own, being held by, by workers, and it, it was the exact opposite. They didn't want to leave childcare. 
because they're around people. Not because they don't love you. They're around people that care for them. They teach them. They teach them about God. God doesn't need our agenda. Look at verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. David or Daniel breaks the law. Daniel breaks the law that had been decreed. Verse 11. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house. <laughs> they were sitting somewhere and watched Daniel go home. They had baited him. They knew his schedule. This is original CIA tracking missions. They saw him go home and said, I know, we know what he's doing. Do you know why they knew what he was doing? Because Daniel was faithful. Daniel honored God with his life. And because he honored God with his life, these guys knew, this guy just does all the right things all the time. We know where he is. Oh, Sunday morning at 9 or 10? Oh, he's at church. Daniel's just such a good guy. If they wanted to catch this guy, they knew exactly where to go. So they go to his house. In verse 11, the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they said, hey Daniel, here's your warning. Don't do it again. No, no, no. These are the people that have the agenda. Look at verse, look at verse 12, how, how bad this is. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about this law. Oh dude, hey, a great king, Darius again. Do you remember this law that we had, we came to you? I find it very interesting that probably the next day it came into effect. Okay, he signs it and all of a sudden there's an issue the next day. They had an agenda. Did, did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, again, to... Your Majesty. They must have owned stock in Country Croc. They had to. Listen, listen. You ever talk to somebody like this? That they want to get... Listen, just talk to them. Okay, just speak to them. Respect and get it. He says this. Your Majesty will be thrown into the den of lions. And the king says, yes. Yes. That decision stands. It's an official law of the Medes and the Persians. It cannot be revoked. <laughs> Look at verse 13. Then they told the king who it was. That man, Daniel, oh, not Daniel, one of the captives from Judah is ignoring you and your law. He, is, he still prays to his God three times a day. Verse 14, hearing this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. Daniel was caught in the crossfire here. He's doing exactly what, what God wants. He's honoring his, his boss, the king. He's doing a phenomenal job. And in Kids Rock, we teach our kids, we teach our children, do to others as you want them to do to you. Has that affected you in your job this week? No matter how old you are, has it? Could a situation have been different? See, we're 35 and 55 and 70 and whatever. Listen, this doesn't go away. This doesn't go away. A simple truth. Treat others like you want to be treated. Has such lasting effect. Lasting effect. But 14, hearing this, the king was deeply troubled. And he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. Well, maybe if I talk to this person, I can't. Listen, he's already signed us in, in, in 
in law. Look at 15. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your Majesty, you're never going to read this, this passage again. They're saying, Listen, this is, these guys, if you have something telling you, you can read this. This is, this is sarcastic worship. We are interested in what you have. We're interested in the power that you possess. We're interested in... Have your kids ever turned 16 and come to you and said, Hey, Dad, can I borrow the truck? But it starts off like this. I'm thinking about washing the truck today, Dad. (laughs) There's instant red flags, fireworks going off. My dad said he's going, Oh, you want something. I said, How about if I fill it up and wash it wax? He goes, okay, I'd really appreciate that. I said, well, no, 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 no. I wanted to actually take the car. He goes, oh, you didn't say that. <laughs> and I said, well, I want... I want I... Dad, you're the greatest dad in the entire world. You're married to the most beautiful woman that I've ever seen. She's my mom. I... You guys are such great parents. And my dad would remind me, he, didn't... he goes, I didn't think that we had that conversation last night when you got in trouble. And I would, I would always... I would... You would do this. Listen, you would... Or you have your kids come and they want to butter you up and they said, uh, Your Majesty, Your Majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. When it involved two people groups, the king's rule was gone. They can't go over. He can't, he can't veto this. He can't do anything to it. They weren't treating the people... They weren't treating the king like they wanted to be treated. Oftentimes it's this. Oftentimes when something happens to our family or our self and it's by, inflicted upon us by another person, this is what we do. We demand... And you use that word. So do I sometimes. We demand justice. Take it out on them, God. I see that's pretty short. Listen, the way that we think, we can justify any action in our entire world. You go on a diet for four hours, you can justify a blizzard. You can. You can lie to yourself. You can. But often, if that thing happens to us, we take it so personal and we say, justice has to be served now. Now. But if it's someone in our family that does something else, even of equal or lesser value, to someone else. The first word out of our mouth is not justice. The first word out of our mouth when we're usually on our knees with our hands to the air is that we yell mercy. We have to practice grace. We have to practice grace. These men, do you have a bad day? Yeah. Did I say this wrong? Yeah. The king was searching for a way to save Daniel. The king was trying to apply this grace, but he couldn't. Daniel knew how he thought of him because he was going to make this, this big production of, of what he was going to be in his life. Look at 16. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the lion's den. And the king said to them, the king comes to Daniel and he says this, you don't go into a den of lions and come out. You don't. Okay? The king goes to Daniel and he says this. Look at these words. May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Your, you, you. 
Even the king is not admitting that it's his God. You get what I'm saying? This, this, this is this strong. This law is this strong. So he goes in, in verse 17. He said, A stone was brought in place over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal. They would have melted wax. He pushed a ring into it. And the seal of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. If you have the seal, unless you are that person that put the seal on it, you cannot open it. It's punishable by death. A king gives a letter to Lee and he stamps it with his insignia ring and he takes off and he takes it back to Brian and before he gets there, Jack grabs him and opens it and when the king finds Jack, Jack can be killed. Okay, that's a big deal. If they give it the ring, you can't, if it's to somebody, they can't open it. Verse 18, look at this. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. I want you to understand something. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Does he audibly pray? No. In Old Testament times, fasting was a way to show God how serious you were. And today, how serious you were. He was praying without praying. Do you get what I'm saying here? He's like a Nicodemus. He, come, he, he, he comes to Jesus at night. And Daniel the king, the king coming to, at night says, fasting is a type of prayer. It lets God know that we're serious. Look at verse 19. He didn't sleep all night, so the king very early next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. What did you think he expected to find? Six lions? You don't come out of this. It's not like you're put in the lion's den and for entertainment they give you a sword or an Uzi. You don't have anything. You have... You versus lions. No one comes out. Look at verse 20. When he called out, when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God. He just immediately went against his own law. Because he's calling out the name of God. This is a prayer. He's going against his own thing. Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? The king proclaims that Daniel is a servant of the living God. That is a prayer. It's a proclamation. Look at 21. Can you imagine? Daniel! Silence. You probably hear the lions, whatever they do. They came. I don't think they talked. but He's thinking he's not going to hear anything. And all of a sudden he hears this. Daniel answered. This is not butter from Daniel. Long live the king. He couldn't get that stone off there fast enough. 22, My God sent His angels to shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in His sight and I have not wronged you, Your Majesty. It was the other guys that had an agenda. I wasn't given a chance to give you my appeal. Look at verse 23. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him for he had trusted if you don't remember anything else, he trusted in his God. Daniel was a follower of Jesus, of, of God, in the Old Testament, of God, of Yahweh. If something would have happened to Daniel, he was okay in the sight of God and he would have technically won by dying and been to heaven, correct? Or God could choose to let him win by shutting the mouths of the lions. He had trusted either way. Now, if you want to know what happens to the other guys, read the rest of the story later. 
It's not pretty. It's worse than National Geographic. Daniel is able to show the king and others that we can trust God. Now the second thing that we learn in Kidrock, we can trust... Well, I should treat others the way I want to be treated. It says, I can trust, and you worship hand out, I can trust God no matter what. If you learn to trust God at a very early age, whether it was if you mowed a yard and you started tithing and you trusted God financially, maybe you trusted God in, in the decisions um, about a job. God's going to bring me a job. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm in 1 Corinthians 10.31. I'm going to do whatever, whether I eat or drink, whatever I do, I'm going to do it all for the glory of God. I'm going, to, I'm going to live my life to honor God no matter what because I can trust. There's a person in our church that came to me one time. Not just me, it was a group of people. And they had gone through an absolute, difficult, horrible time in their life. They were without work. They were having a, a big problem with that. And they said to me, and they, they eventually found work and they said this. Do you know what got me through that time? I had been brought up in a church where I was told the truth about God and that I could trust Him. And they said, so I picked out things that were absolutely true. And I put them on my computer. And I read them to myself every day. God is good to me. God loves me. God has a plan. Things like this. Listen, I'm telling you, that person had been taught at an early age. This, if you teach a first through fifth grader, do you think it can affect them for the rest of their life? It affected a person in their 30s. Okay? It affected someone in real everyday life right now, the truths of God. We can trust God no matter what. I want to be able to trust like Daniel. I want to. Sometimes myself gets in the way. I want to trust like that. I want to trust. Sometimes I lack that. If you trust God in everything, He help you make good decisions. Good decisions lead to the next blank. Look at this. I need to make wise, make the wise choice. I need to make the wise choice. So, I should treat others the way I should be treated. I can trust God no matter what. And I need to make the wise choice. You, as well as me, could take a notebook and fill it up with incorrect life choices that we have all made. Can't we? If you wanted to be really honest, I don't think you're sitting here going, I have never made an incorrect choice. Okay. <laughs> yes, you have. So, I need to make the wise choice. Do you think that it will impact a 15, 25, 35, 45, 70-year-old person in the future of connection if we teach them you can trust God and you need to make the wise choice? Is the wise choice the easiest? Heck no. It's not. You know as well as I do, if you're placed in a situation with friends... Peer pressure, school, it's not easy to make the wise choice, is it? Why not teach your kids that it's important to choose wisely? Now we think, man, this is just a new problem. Look at the next verse on the screen. Some of you know this from mentoring. Oh, oh you know, this 
this verse just doesn't have any application. Really. <laughs> you're, not, you're not alive. Okay? Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Now, out of anything that I've said today, that is probably worthy of amen. Okay? You understand what it's like to walk with the wise. Is it popular? Is it, is it the thing that you just seek? Is it, is it the easiest? No. But when you walk with wise people and become wise, maybe, maybe you've entered into a mentoring relationship and you understand that it's very hard to maybe hear some words from somebody because you know that they're right, but because they're right, you may have to change something about yourself. That's very hard to hear. Constructive criticism, however much love you have with it, it can still, it can, man, it can still just, oh, oh. But when we walk with the wise, when we understand that accountability is a good thing, this is what, this is what we're teaching our children. If I could give you a piece of paper, those of us that did not have, or that maybe weren't raised in a church where this was really, really taught and offered, if I gave you a piece of paper and said, if you could rewind your life, would you be taught this? Right, yes or no? You know, like the girlfriend, boyfriend, check yes or no? It would be yeses. It would be. Do you want to know how to make right choices? Yes, that's what we teach. That's what Julie and her staff teach our kids. And I'm so happy to see we get 10, 7, 9, 11, 13, 14 kids that have been directly affected with Kids Rock are coming into this baptistry because they came to me and said, Matt, I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. And I'm going to tell you something. I just don't get that excited about a whole lot of things. It, it, it blows my mind at the mind of these children. They're being taught this truth. They come in and they say, we need to make wise choices. Not biblical truth. Truth's around our house. Don't ride your bike in the yard and get hit with a car. Okay? We all know that. Wise choices about... Emma comes to Mary with questions about friends. This friend only wants to play with me. This friend only wants to play with me. The things that she's learning in Kids Rock is this. Treat others as you want to be treated. And it comes up with a conversation with the church and the house combined, it comes up in the conversation that Mary and I can say, what do you think? And out of her own seven-year-old mouth coming out of Kids Rock, she said, I need to be friends with everybody. You know what makes my... my do you know that Kids Rock makes our, makes our parenting job a little bit easier? Did you know that? Maybe it does in your house too. She already knows. We implement the question. We ask her different things, but she already knows. Look at this next one. Uh-oh. I hear the laugh from people that do mentoring, probably. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Ah. My day is going bad, so therefore nothing needs to go right. I'm just going to get mad at everything. You been there? Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how, about, uh, be careful how you think about the person that's having a bad day, because sooner or later you may need that grace again because you're having a bad day. Oh, but that's not a no, no, no. You don't know this person. Let's go back to, I get to go to work, I have to go to work. Teaching in these kids. Emma, you need to be careful how you think about your friends. Maybe they had a bad day. You don't know what they're going through. A a seven-year-old doesn't understand what Mary and I may know in conversation with their parents about they're thinking about getting a split. They're thinking about getting a divorce. There's no telling what that child is going through. 
And we, and we, we don't tell him of that stuff. We say, you know what? Maybe, maybe that person is not having a good week. Maybe they're having trouble at home. We need to, out of Emma's mouth, we need to pray for them. She's learning that from Kids Rock. And it's been, and it's been built upon of what, of what was learned earlier in, in the baby. Everything builds. Can you th- just imagine with me just a little bit the types of leaders that we're going to see come up in the sophomore, junior, early college age in the next 10 years? Do you understand this? We have leaders coming up. We already have them. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of right now. You and I are to support them. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Treat others well. Trust God no matter what. Make wise choices. Look at this. Next screen. It's in your worship handout. I want you to look at this with me. 10 to 15 kids. There's a greeter. There's a lead teacher. Two assistant. The music is current. It's right now. And Jack, Jack just handed us... This is, this is how, how current it is. For worship practice, he just handed me some chords. He said, hey, learn this one. I said, when were the chords released? He goes, yesterday. Yesterday. It's current. It's right now. These kids jumping up and down and singing really loud. If you want to check out Kids Rock, you think, man, man I, may, I may be interested in this. I don't know. Maybe I'm interested. It's right there. Please circle it. Please circle it. You can visit Kids Rock December 6th. If, if it is something that you want to go back and see, you want to go back and look at, okay, this is what you do. Contact the next one. Look at Julie. Julie's right there. Hi, Julie. For more information, you can call Julie. Okay, it's in... You don't even have to write this down. It's right there. I don't say this... I don't say this to threaten you, but I'm saying this. Connection is always functioning with its volunteers and always functioning with its, with its workers. This, there's, there's reasons that I have conversations with other pastor friends of mine, and they say this. Uh, what's your budget item for custodial services? <laughs> we have to buy supplies. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We spend X amount of dollars on having somebody clean the church. How do you get it done? I said, our people? No way. That person has come to Connection before and I had them show up at 8.30 on purpose. I said, just watch. He goes, goes, you have children cleaning the seats. (laughs) You have people teaching that get here half an hour early. Your band does a sound check early. There's people that make popcorn and coffee. How do you do it? It's you. It's you. Because you understand having a relationship with God is not all about you. It's about giving, serving, compassion, These are items that we teach in Kids Rock. Do you want to be a part of that? If so, contact Julie. She's right over there. After church. Not right now. Don't flutter with, you know. So we need this. Look at the next screen. We're looking for four lead teachers, five teaching assistants. Like the 12 days of Christmas. Not yet. Six check-in, check-out assistants. Four individuals to set up, take down security dividers. This is... Here's what I'm saying. Teaching scares me. Cool. Can you set up partitions? <laughs> well, well, um, I think I'd like to teach, but I don't know. Ooh, look, teacher's assistant. It's like a teacher, only not the spotlight. <laughs> some, some people don't like the spotlight. I would have conversations with Mike a lot. He said, if I could just get to where you preach and I'll do the background stuff, that's what I'd like to do. 
People enjoy that kind of stuff. Listen, Julie and Kids Rock are looking for this. It's in your worship handout. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us after, after this. If you want to talk with Julie after church, um, she's going to be available. To, I think there's a sign-up sheet at the table. Sign-up sheet at the table. Would you go talk to her. Listen, go home today and say, you know, you get with, you with, with your kids and say, man, all that does is talk about volunteering. All that does is talk about this. Talk about what we need to do kids and babies and this. Come next week, I'm going to talk about volunteering again. <laughs> We're going to talk about another awesome area in our church next week. You get the community email, you'll, you might find out. Otherwise, just come and see. Come and check it out. If you want to volunteer, you want to talk with Julie, get some more information. Maybe you have a couple of questions, ask her. That's why she's here. She's going to be out at the table after church. Go talk to her. Pray about this. We're really good, we're really good starters. But finishers, hmm, finishers. Listen, I don't say this as a threat. I said this earlier. I don't say this as a threat. But if we do not, if we do not, when we get to January, don't have the workers that we need to do two services well, we can't do it until we get the workers. We can't do it well. I want to do it well. Do you? This is, this is, this is the place, and our church is not a place. This is, this is, a, this is a, a building and the service to where it was easy to invite people yesterday, giving them a turkey. I'm like, hey, here's a turkey. God loves you. You know what they said? <laughs> where are you from? And I kind of went, well, uh, there's like eight people around me with oh, connection shirts. And I said, a connection. You know what people said? I've heard of this church. I don't know where it is. I've heard of this church. I don't know where it is. Terry goes, I've seen your sign. I said, I'm thinking, wow, cool, this new sign. He goes, no, the one by McDonald's. <laughs> and then I went, crap, that was a lot cheaper. <laughs> I'm, just I'm, just I'm just kidding. Guys, I want to pray for you. Before you leave today, I want you to tell somebody that you love them. And I want you to mean it. Don't lie to them. Tell them that you love them. Tell them you appreciate them. And encourage them today. Even if you're feeling like you need encouraged, I want to challenge you to serve as we did yesterday. We blessed people with a monetary-valued turkey. I'm telling you right now, you can't write a check for what I received yesterday by giving. You can't. And no, I didn't technically give. The church bought the turkeys, but I'm telling you, being a part of that. Would you serve with us? Would you serve in our church and teach these young people to grow up? Listen, we're going to raise spiritual warriors that come out of this church. That's a biblical term. We're going to raise spiritual giant warriors that come out of this church that are going to be able to live, but it requires our help. We've got to raise them. Teach them. Be careful how we think. Our life can be shaped by our thoughts. Let's pray. God, we love You. We thank You. God, we thank You for this beautiful fall day. And we thank You as uh, we get to celebrate the Thanksgiving next week and, and all these different times of the season. Lord, I'm thankful for the different parties that are going to go on with Connect Group this week. I'm thankful for the people that uh, they give of their time, their money, and their talents. God, and I just ask for a special group of people that You, God, have already talked to about serving. Maybe they haven't plugged in yet. Maybe they want to get plugged in somewhere else. And You say, I need You to raise up these spiritual kids. I need you to invest your life, to give your life away spiritually so we can grow kids to be leaders. God, I thank you for what you're going to do. I appreciate, God, everything that you've given me. 
God, the blessings of yesterday. And I am so thankful, God. Thank You for letting us give the birds away. As Lydia said, thank You for letting us give the birds away. And then we can help those people in need and let them know that above all things, You love them. In Your name we pray. Amen.